morning again. Why don't you all give God a cheer, all 120 of you, come on. Fantastic. If you're, uh, if you're staying at home tonight, you're missing an amazing full-on night tonight. Absolutely rampant, loving it. Great timing, God. I just want to have a little talk about Bill and Ben tonight. Bill and Ben, the flower pot men. Some of you won't remember Bill and Ben. Bill and Ben were always very frightening to me, mainly because they had the little weed. And somehow there's a little kid, the little weed always frightened me. The little weed was disturbing. Tonight I want to talk about being little weeds. Anybody feel like a little weed? Man alive, 110 of the 120 hands have just gone up. That is shocking. You're not little weeds in God. You know, sometimes life is a bit of a killer. I've brought with me tonight um, this stuff. Resolver, I'm going to scare people to death in a minute. Weed killer 24 hour, other weed killers are available for those watching at home. And what you do with this, you pump it up. And it pressurizes. So then you can squirt it. But if you get it on your skin, it's really bad for you. Let's squirt this side then in that case. Oh, these people in these chairs here, let's soak this lot just here. Ah, oh, go on, there, there, there. Saturated that lot. If you got squirted that time, don't worry. It's not, um, it's water. I emptied it out. There's no weed killer left in there. It's actually scented water, so you'll smell nice when it lands on you. Sometimes in life, it feels like we sprout up. We grow up, and just when things are looking good, just when you think you're coming alive, circumstances of life just invade us and begin to poison us, begin to flatten us, begin to suck the life out of us. We have that experience where you're thinking, this week is so good, what's going to go wrong? You know, when it's going so well, you just know that by Thursday, you'll have had the phone call, or the letter, or the experience, and you just start living in anticipation of the dangerous thing to come. And so consequently, you decide that even the good things, I'm not going to enjoy. Because there's no point enjoying the good thing, because sooner or later, the bad thing is going to happen. Lots of people live this way. I must admit that that different types of people have different perspectives. and Some people instinctively live that way. You know, the kind of, what's the the donkey call? It it is called Eeyore, isn't it? You know, like, I've I've just won a million pounds. Oh, that's a pressure. Or I've just been given a clean bill of health and I'm perfectly healthy. Oh, that's a pressure because I'm not going to be able to maintain it. People, oh, these people that always have that kind of, oh, the end is nigh. There's a nice little man in the town centre of Barnsley and I keep trying to have a conversation with him because he's walking around with a, a placard that says, the end is nigh. And I dared to say to him, what about putting on your placard, Jesus loves you and he's coming back? just put a different slant on it with some real scripture and say, wow, our amazing God loves us so completely, he's returning. I think our God is absolutely amazing. Let me, let's have, we're going to have a little look in, um, in, in, in Psalm 103 tonight. And I'm going to just, just deal with Psalm 103. I think I've, I've, put, I've put Psalm 106 up there. I have. It's Psalm 103. So if you're confused, it's definitely Psalm 103. I'm going to to read little bits of it tonight. Because I think it tells us good things are coming. 
and we can trust God with our life and our situation, our circumstances. Here's what it says. Um, This is not about weed killer, but it says this. God knows us inside and out. Keeps in mind that we're made of mud. Men and women don't live very long. Like wildflowers, they spring up and blossom. But a storm snuffs them out just as quickly, leaving nothing to show they were here. Now, I could leave it there, couldn't I? Come on. God's love, though, is ever and always eternally present to all all who fear him, making everything right for them. Now, that's a different. You see, sometimes we live in the first bit without completing it. And so often people throw a Bible verse or they throw a life experience and they tell you half the life experience without the other half of the life experience, without the complete story. And I want to deal with a complete story tonight. Did you know that if you fear the Lord, you will live forever? You can last forever. He says so in that scripture. He says, for the love of the Lord is forever and always. Just imagine that, forever and always. It lasts forever and it is always. In all circumstances, in all situations, his love and mercy lasts forever. How is that possible? How can it be possible that somebody like me can be the recipient of that type of always and forever experience of God? Well, it's simple. He is God. And his mercy is everlasting. It isn't given conditionally to be removed later. He just loves us. And he just has mercy on us. Let's have a look at a bit more of Psalm 103. I think I've got this, but it is says Psalm 103. Oh, my soul, bless God. From head to toe, I'll bless his holy name. Oh, my soul, bless God. Don't forget a single blessing. You know, importantly, the Lord doesn't forget a single blessing. The Lord has so much for our lives. The writer of this Bible song, that's, that's what the Psalms are. They're Bible songs, they're kind of worship songs. They're the Hill Song or the Bethel. They're the cool um, Hope House writing team that write an amazing worship songs. Um, that's who they are of the day, written uh, 3,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago, written a long, long time ago, but they still express the heart of God. They still express the human heart in response to the love of God and the mercy of God. And there's a great understanding of the relationship between us as people that can just fade away and be gone. But the forever and always love and mercy of God. That's what the writer about, sing about. The writer of this Bible song bursts into total praise. He redeems, says, he says in the scripture, he redeems us. That means he buys us back. Buys us back. It's almost like you've been lost and, and sold on to um, cash converters for next to nothing and you're worthless. But God goes in and he's prepared to buy you back for far more than you appear to be worth. He will buy you back and redeem you from cash converters. I presume this is like there's a version somewhere out there in the spiritual realms, there's hell converters. And he buys you back. And he says, I love you enough to bless you. And he shows us mercy. He has incredible mercy on us when we don't deserve it. I love mercy because mercy says, you know, actually I was wrong. I did mess up. I did get this wrong. I did stuff up massively. But still, there is mercy. I don't receive what I should receive. I don't get what I should get. I get what God wants to give. His mercy and love forever and always. 
It gives us new life that makes us feel like we're young in his presence because we have purpose. We're going to read that in a moment's time. We're going to be young forever. Why should God be interested in our praise songs? Why should he be interested in this person that can spring up and be blown away in any storm, just dried up and gone and dead in no time? Why would he be interested in our praise? Because he's God. Because he created us. Because he's always known us. Here are some reasons why. And these are in the Psalm 103 too. Um, Oh no, they're not in there. I'm just going to read this out. Psalm 103, he forgives your sins, everyone. He heals your diseases, everyone. He redeems you from hell, saves your life. He crowns you with love and mercy, a paradise crown. He wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. I love that. You're always young in his presence. For those of us that are young, we can't imagine what that must mean. But for those old people, those old people amongst us, we're young in his presence. We're young in his presence. That, that, that says so much about our lives being reborn and rebuilt, about the energy. Because of all he does for us, he's God. Because we matter to him. He forgives my sin. That's astonishing, isn't it? He forgives our sin. He heals my diseases. I love this whole concept of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a remarkable thing. You know, psychologists tell us that to forgive is the most healing thing we can do for ourselves. And it's the most healing thing for the person that's wronged us. To forgive them allows them to rebuild, but to forgive them allows us to be rebuilt. This whole concept of forgiveness, I think, is too difficult and too huge for me to go into and to completely comprehend. Except for this, I just want to read you... um, this little statement that came out of a book by a very famous Christian writer called John Stott. And he tells this story. And I'm just going to read it out. Not long before she died in 1988, in a moment of surprising honesty in an interview on television, um, Margarita Lasky, a well-known secular humanist and novelist, said, What I envy most about you Christians is your forgiveness. I have nobody to forgive me. Because she didn't know Jesus as a Lord and Savior, what she envied was our awareness of forgiveness. And she said, I have nobody to forgive me. She was aware of herself, aware of her own weakness, aware of her own failings, aware of the mistakes made, but she had nobody to forgive. You know, the forgiveness that we receive is incredibly healing. It's life-transforming. See, what Lasky needed was God to step in and to receive that forgiveness for ourselves. Only because we receive it can we give it. Because God touches us to such an extent, we're able to give that forgiveness back out. We're able to give that love back out. We're able to give mercy back out. Let me read you these becauses. Because he loves and forgives us, because God forgives, we give praise to God by forgiving others as well. That's the greatest act of praise, by forgiving others. Because God heals, we can praise God by praying to him to heal our diseases. So when he forgives us, we don't condemn and judge others. We forgive because we emulate Christ. And that's a great act of praise. When we are sick, we pray for healing. You know, sometimes we receive that healing, sometimes we don't. But it's a great act of praise to come before him and ask for healing. 
Because God redeems, we can worship, by, worship him by proclaiming his good news of redemption in a messy world. So because we were bought back, we can carry a message to people saying you can be bought back by Christ too. His desire is to buy you back, to win you back. And the cross paid that price that bought us back. And that is incredibly important because our world is messy. Our world is messy. And important, capable, intelligent, clever people say, I have nobody to forgive me. Well, everybody has somebody to forgive them. The Lord is willing to forgive everybody. Because he shows me mercy, we can be like him and we can be merciful. So we don't get angry at that person, we have mercy on them. Because God satisfies and renews me, making me feel young, I can give him my strength, I can give him my life, I can give him my all, I can live for him. I can get involved in the God stuff of life because he gives me energy. Scripture says it renews our strength. It renews our strength. It even says when young men stumble and fall, he picks us up, he renews us. We can even fly, it says, almost like on, on wings like an eagle. We're just full of, full of energy, full of real life. There's a new kind of living when we connect with God and receive his forgiveness because of who God is. He's righteous and are just God. He's a righteous and just God. Sometimes we think of God sat up there watching from a distance, a bit clueless. There's a song, isn't there? From a distance, God is watching us. No. God is not watching us from a distance. I just want to assure you, God is not watching from a distance. God is involved. God is here now. God is present in our world. He's present in his world by his Holy Spirit. He has physically walked this planet, and now he embodies his people with his Holy Spirit. He fills us, he surrounds us, he empowers us, and his Holy Spirit is here right now. And his love invades this world and continues to invade this world. So he doesn't watch from a distance. He gets involved up close and personal. And I find that amazing. Because the best thing is he doesn't compel us. He offers us mercy. He offers us love. He offers us forgiveness. How good is our God? He's a God who reveals himself and his will. So when we do look to him for that forgiveness, the exciting thing is then, he reveals himself to us and his will. You know, his will is really important because his will gives us reason. It gives us a purpose. It gives us a purpose for being. It gives us somewhere to put that new energy. It gives us somewhere to put that new life. You know, God gives us new life. Why does he give us new life? So I can begin again in nappies and start all over again and go to school all over again. And, and like, you know, I'll probably descend into nappies one day again. But I've got, a daughter, I've got a daughter who's a nurse, so she'll be fully equipped to care for me one day. He doesn't just forgive us and give us mercy and love. He gives us his will. He gives us an opportunity for purpose in our everyday lives. You know, it's amazing to me that Jesus, walked, Jesus the Son of God, um, God incarnate, God in flesh, on earth, walks about and talks to a lady sat by a well. Uh, he talks to a fisherman on a boat. He talks to a guy up a tree. He goes into somebody's house. He goes to a tax collector. He goes to just people doing life, doing ordinary things, doing unremarkable things, doing sometimes incredibly boring. He talked to a tax collector, counting money in a corner. He's actually, he was in a booth counting money. How boring is that man? He's a tax collector. There's nothing exciting about adding numbers up all day, every day. But the man is interesting. The man matters. 
And God loves the man, loves the person. So whatever you do, whatever your role is, whatever your life is, God gives us a purpose. His will is to step into all that he has for us. And that is remarkable. He's merciful. And that is part of his mercy. Part of God's astonishing mercy is that he doesn't just save us. He doesn't just forgive us. But in his mercy, he reinvents us. He calls us new creations. And in that new creation life, he gives us something new to do. Something bigger than ourselves. Something greater than ourselves. Something more exciting than who we are. I just want to invite the band back up onto stage, if I may. So it seems exciting to me that this person who can spring up and then in the heat of the day or within a storm can be washed away or dried up and blown away, can be gone, can rise up and seem important and can suddenly become insignificant and can be dead and can be gone. This morning I I saw that for the first time in, in many decades the richest man in Britain was born in Britain. And he's worth twenty-one billion pounds. It was it was announced on the rich list this morning. He was he was born the son of a joiner in a council house, and he got into chemicals and bought chemical companies in Scotland. And he's now worth personally twenty-one billion pounds. But here's the deal: I would rather have none of that twenty-one billion and know the Lord for eternity know his will in my life, know his mercy, know his love. And so I pray for the rich man that he will discover the the richness of a relationship with Christ. He may already know him. I don't know anything about this guy. He may already know him. I pray that he does. But this evening is the deal. Whether we are rich financially or poor financially, we will spring up and we will be blown away. We will dry up. But the mercy of God can transform everything we are can give us an eternity can give us purpose so no matter what your life looks like through Jesus our lives can be turned around and made new with purpose with involvement with belonging he can even make us feel young again and even in this room there are one or two people that long to feel young again in Christ we can forgiveness lifts the weight of the ages. Forgiveness lifts the weight of the mistakes. Forgiveness lifts the weight of the mess and it makes us live again. And what I'd like to do is to pray a prayer now that asks for the forgiveness of God. But it doesn't just ask for the forgiveness of God. It doesn't just ask for the presence of Jesus as our Lord. It says, will you take us into your will? Will you give me all of those because reasons? Will you give me all of that mercy? Will you reinvent me? Will you give me new life? And so I'm just going to pray this prayer. Perhaps you want to pray this with me and say it in your heart and your mind. I'm going to read it out. And it's a very simple set of words about giving our life to God. And then the band are going to pray and lead us as we close our worship. And the prayer goes this way. Lord Jesus, I know I've done things wrong in my thoughts, words and actions. There are so many good things I've not done. There are so many wrong things I have done. I'm sorry for those wrong things and turn from everything I know to be bad. You gave your life for me on the cross and gratefully, I give my life back to you. Now I ask you to come into my life. Come in as my saviour to clean me. Come in as my Lord to lead me. And I will serve you all the remaining days of my life. Amen.
and to pray that prayer and to meet it with our hearts and connect with God in who we are is a very simple way of becoming a Christian. It's how we give our lives to him. It's where the renewal begins. It's where we begin to receive the mercy. It's where we begin to find new purpose in his will. It's where we start life. It's where we're young again for eternity. So Lord bless you and keep you. If you want to talk about becoming a Christian, if you want to talk about rebuilding, reconnecting your life afterwards, come and talk to me as we have coffee later on. But right now, let's worship God and receive some of that youth, receive some of that mercy, receive some of that will and purpose in our lives. Amen.
go from glory to glory to glory. Never be the same. Never be the same. We go from glory to glory to glory. We're forever changed. Forever changed. 